Hello again. I thought I'd record this podcast because it's been a while since I spoke about buying cameras and um, it just seemed timely maybe to um, have a chat about that, particularly as we're coming up uh, towards the end of the year as I record this or we're a few months off, but you might be thinking of Christmas gifts and um, those kind of things. So a little while ago, back in February, I spoke about the difference between DSLR and mirrorless cameras. And that's really where I want to start because... If you're looking at, I'll call it a serious camera just to differentiate from smartphones and anything else, but the smartphone camera is very good and um, I've spoken about those before. But I just want to kind of differentiate and talk more about the camera kits, to my mind the more traditional camera kits, which these days you've got the choice of DSLR and mirrorless, so you've basically got a body and then a choice of lenses. And that combination then allows you to pick the right, lens and body combination for the type of photography that you're doing. So I'm going to briefly talk about DSLR versus mirrorless just to um, cover that off in case you haven't heard um, a previous um, podcast about that. Uh, There's certainly a lot of information around about um, the advantages and disadvantages. Uh, These days, I guess they, they kind of boil down to just a handful so the DSLR, if you're not aware, is is the, the more traditional camera. So it's quite big. It has a mirror on the top, an optical viewfinder. So you look through the viewfinder at the top and off you go. But it's got a, and it has a mirror inside it that allows the optical viewfinder to work. And then when you take your photograph, that flips up and um, the sensor is then exposed. And obviously that's the same broadly as um, the old SLR film camera. So that's where those come from. And they've been around for quite a while. And um, what are the advantages? Well, first of all, there's a lot of lenses around for them. And that, that to me, is the biggest advantage of them, that you've got a a wide range of lenses. Now, you're not going to buy all of them, obviously. And most people I know only only work with um, probably a maximum of three or four lenses, maybe slightly more, but they don't use a lot. And they might have one or two go-to lenses that they'll tend to use um, all of the time. So I'm certainly in that category. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, there's a, a wide angle zoom I use and then a, a longer telephoto I use. And they're basically the lenses that I, I usually have with me. But it's nice to have that choice because you can then choose a high quality lens that gives you the, the kind of results that you're looking for. So that's the first advantage of DSLR. The second advantage is that because a lot of manufacturers have stopped making them now, so the likes of Canon and Nikon have now moved across to mirrorless, so there's no new um, DSLR development going on, it does mean that you can get a pretty good deal, particularly at the lower end if you're buying a camera for the first time. Now, you might ask why would you want to do that if it's a technology that's becoming obsolete, But the thing is, if you're getting into photography, particularly for the first time, and you really don't know what you need as a kit, my recommendation has always been to buy at the low end, buy buy a decent quality camera kit. And by a kit, I mean you get the body and you usually get one or two lenses with it. Um, And and ideally, it will be a a wide-angle zoom and um, a telephoto of some form. And then by just using that camera kit for a little while and it depends how often you use it I guess and how quickly you become um, aware of what you need but you'll become aware of 
where that kid is working for you, where it isn't working for you. And it's particularly important to understand both of those things because it allows you to define what you need in a camera that makes it, or a camera kit that makes it best suited to your style of photography and the kind of photographs you make uh, that, that you, you are shooting. So I, my general recommendation is to buy um, something that's not very expensive and ideally gives you a body with a couple of lenses and then use them for a few months, maybe six to 12. I mean, it really, that, that number is really up to you. It depends how quickly um, you uh, start to get clear on what's working and what isn't. But just as a guideline, I, I would recommend that six to 12 months because if you're using the camera gear regularly, you'll very quickly um, get to see what's working and what isn't. And um, then you can decide where you go from there. And that's where I would look at investing in more serious equipment, as in it's going to cost you a bit more. And I'll talk about that um, later. But coming back to DSLRs, you've got that advantage of a wide range of lenses, possibly cheaper than the mirrorless equivalent. And the other thing is that DSLRs tend to use a lot less power the mirrorless and that's because with the mirrorless camera you tend to be using a digital viewfinder which is usually a screen on the back somewhere and obviously that's drawing power all the time whereas with the optical viewfinder in a DSLR that's just mirrors lenses and mirrors so there's no power involved the, the camera will use power because there are electronics in it and it's it's doing things for you but the power consumption of a DSLR is much lower than the power consumption in a mirrorless camera and another thing to think about is uh, if you're shooting video, now the mirrorless generally is better, will give you better results, but obviously if you're shooting video, you're also using a lot more power. So power may or may not be an issue for you, and it really comes down to uh, how long the battery will last in the camera setup you have, and if that if you can recharge the battery regularly. So if you're... Um, just shooting from home every day, the chances are you can um, recharge your batteries every night or whenever whenever you get a chance to do that. You might want to carry a spare with you just in case, but that might be manageable. If, on the other hand, if you're going on a long hike, so, for example, when I um, climbed Kilimanjaro, the, the project or the group I was with, we, we were hiking and camping. So we were away from power for, uh, I think it was eight days. So... And it was quite cold in places. So I basically stripped everything down on my DSLR. So I had the minimum on it. And I had um, a couple of spare batteries on me that I kept close to my body. So just to keep them warm. Because uh, batteries generally perform a little bit better when they're warmer. So these are just things to consider. And if you're going to be out away for days at a time regularly, then you'll need to think about how you manage that power issue. Um and look, I've tried things like solar panel chargers. It's been uh, mixed, but that was a little while ago. So that might be an option for you as well. So have a look at what options there are. If there's a vehicle around, most vehicles I've been in when I've been away have a charge point. So you can just charge your batteries on a USB or something uh, while you're away. But you, ne you need to just consider that um, when you're thinking about the camera. So having said all of that, I'll switch to the mirrorless camera. So how does that stand? Well, I've spoken about the power consumption. Uh, they generally so that that would be a negative, but video they're generally better, as I've already said. Uh, they are also generally smaller and lighter, so that's a big advantage if you're hiking or carrying the camera over a long distance. So, and, and certainly it's something that um, I see as probably the biggest advantage for me 
with um, a mirrorless camera. And the other thing is a lot of them now have um, in-body image stabilization. So that's where you might see a thing called um, 5-axis IBIS or 5-IBIS. They're not talking about the hotel chain. (laughs) It's actually... um, a five-axis in, in in-body image stabilization system that a lot of the newer cameras have now. Now these, I think, are more the up-range up cameras, but it's to, something to think about. And essentially, it's image stabilization, so it just avoids the impact of camera movement or camera shake when you're you're taking your photograph. And previously, most image stabilization was in the lenses, so you'd buy. Um, one of the kind of higher end lenses and that would have image stabilization of some form but it was in the lenses and not the camera body and of course having image like image stabilization in there would add a little bit to the weight it would definitely add to the cost of the lens so that in one sense is an advantage if you're looking at having that body over the longer term that may well be an advantage and um these um Im- these systems now are pretty good image stabilization probably the best thing is if you can just try one of these cameras out and see if it works for you but um, that is definitely an advantage with mirrorless um, basically I mean that you can do um, a faster shooting speed so which might be an advantage but you again it comes back to what kind of photography you're doing so I don't use very fast bursts that often um, I will it, when I've been photographing things like dolphins or whale bridge, things that happen quickly, um, dolphins were the big one for me because the my main camera when I was shooting at whales was a Canon um, EOS uh, 5DS. That has a very big sensor, but it means that the um, maximum burst speed and burst duration is quite short because I'm using the biggest possible file which means that the camera I mean the camera takes a certain amount of time to write to the file uh, on the uh, on the memory card as you're taking the the photograph and that will limit how fast it can shoot and um also how long it could shoot for so I tend to switch to any old 7D that I have that's um, um a cropped frame sensor so basically a smaller file and that could go much faster and for much longer because I'm the electronics the file system in the camera is having to save a smaller file. Now, all the things, these things will vary and um, it will vary from camera to camera. Generally, the newer cameras will work faster. They'll write faster. You'll have bigger cards available that you can write to. High speed cards, I always go for those. But these are all things to think about if you're doing a lot of high speed stuff. So it might be kind of wildlife I've been talking about. It might be motor racing. It might be sport. Anywhere where you need to do a burst over more than a second or two. Having said all of that, if that isn't relevant to you, then you don't need that, obviously, in the in the camera. So I, I would discount it if it's not something you're using because it will tend to keep the cost down, for one thing. It means you can get away with a lower-spec camera. So basically, um, I guess to, to summarise which type of camera, if you asked to speak broadly, I would say probably the mirrorless for most people is adequate for what they need and because you're investing if you like in a current technology in a, a technology that is still in development it's still growing the chances are that that technology will stay with you for a long time dslr i would definitely recommend as a short-term solution particularly at the the low cost end 
if you're just finding your feet in photography and you just want to get a handle on what you need, but you're buying kit that you know you're going to replace in um, a few years' time or even within a year, I would get a, invest in a, a DSLR kit, um, something that's got a couple of lenses with it, um, ideally, as I said, a, um, a wide-angle zoom and then a, another telephoto, because that, they'll give you everything you need initially to work out what you, what features you need in your, your next camera and next camera kit and, and what things you don't need, what things you can get away without. So that that is always my advice when it comes to buying cameras. But I would say now, if you are into it, if you're, um, you've already had cameras, I would definitely be recommending that you look at mirrorless unless one of the disadvantages is a bit of a showstopper for you, in which case um, you've got DSLR. And the other thing is there, there are deals to be had with DSLRs as well because people will be switching across to mirrorless. You can look at the second-hand market. Um, there's going to be a lot of deals there where you can get really good value um, equipment. Now, another thing to think about if you're buying um, a new gear is that you can often get the best deals on equipment that's once two years old. And frankly, although cameras might, new models might be released, the technology doesn't change that quickly. So if you were to buy a model that's one or two years old, the chances are that there's very little difference between that and the newest version of a camera. And a lot of stores will be trying to just shift the older stock just to get rid of the stock so that they can um, put the newer cameras in. So that's another thing to just consider. So I'd recommend that you look up the specs for the camera um, online, the older version, and provided it gives you what you need, at least as a starting point, then I, I would recommend exploring that avenue first. And then you can get yourself the best possible deal on the camera and um, then start developing uh, your your photographic, your photographic style and uh, work out what works for you. So that really is um, the, my, my kind of basic advice for buying a camera. So I would say these days you're probably looking at mirrorless or if you're not looking at mirrorless initially, you're likely to go that way in the future. And the reason that's important, and again, this is a little bit difficult because there are new lenses coming out all the time for mirrorless and they, they're coming from behind compared to DSLR where there's a huge range of lenses available both from the manufacturers themselves, so Canon, Nikon, whoever, and also independent lens makers like Sigma and, and companies like that. So you'll find there's a huge variety of lenses available, but this is now slowly changing and mirrorless is slowly catching up. So that big advantage that DSLR had, uh, I, I would say, is is rapidly diminishing. So have a look at what's available with lenses because with my gear the thing i found is that it tends to be the lenses that i stay with longer and i will change bodies more frequently i don't change them a lot maybe um every five or so years so they're going back over the last 20 25 maybe <laughs> 25 years so i have changed the bodies but maybe only um so i'm just trying to remember actually how many i've had probably four four or so bodies in that time. I don't like to um, change often, but I will change if there's a need to. And then sometimes the new, the newer cameras have a feature in them, like it might be shutter speed or the shoot speed available. Um, when I bought the EOS 5, it was because of the very big 
um, sent a very big, or the ability to shoot very big and very detailed files. It's almost into what was medium format, and I've shot medium format before. That's another nightmare for wildlife because the kit is just too bulky and um, too heavy and too manually kind of orientated to shoot wildlife um, conveniently. So I've, I've been using SLRs to do that. But the EOS 5 had that really big sensor, so um, that was something that was important to me. Uh, that may not be important to you, and that's fine. So the chances are that something mid-range um, is more than adequate for you. But it is good to, as I've said, just to try with a, a, a... If you're investing, if you're signing for the first time, get something lower end and use it regularly. Try different things, get inspired, maybe do a course. Um, I, I have a, a course that um, has been available is is uh, going to be renewed next year. But So look for camera courses from um, someone whose style you like. And that's a good way of beginning to work out what you need on the camera and what, what and what you don't, because a good course will take you through all the different aspects of the camera and what it will do for you. So that really, um, I think, covers off for now what I wanted to cover with with buying cameras. So although, so there are deals to be had, but if you don't have any equipment at all, I would recommend you probably look at a mirrorless camera. Um, unless you want to want to look at the option of a cheaper DSLR, but bear in mind with DSLR, the, the chances are you're going to change it at some point in the next few years. So it might be better to start off with um, a mirrorless and and stay with that. Um, another thing to think about as well is just the camera mate, because if you are going to start buying a kit, so invest in lenses that are going to be with you for a few years. Um, obviously, you're going to stay with that particular camera maker <clears throat> excuse me whether it's a canon or nikon or somebody else sony whatever olympus <laughs> so one thing i would do is just if you can and, and try and do this if you're going to camera stores rather than buying online but just see how the camera handles can you do something very basic like just take a basic photograph with the camera without having to um be told how to do it uh, how intuitive is the camera? How does the camera feel to you? Is the uh, Does it feel convenient the way you have to hold the camera when you shoot it? Um, these kind of things are important because you really want a camera that you enjoy using because that will encourage you to keep on using it and to take photographs and explore your photography and all of that. If you buy a camera and you find it's really horrible to use, you really dislike it or things that you use often are buried in menus and you can't take them out anywhere, these are just things to look at. So I would um, recommend you do get a hold of the um, a camera in a store just to try it. Um, you, you can shoot it in the store or stand the doorway and photograph something. Just have a look at uh, what kind of result you get and how easy it is to use. Or if you've got somebody who has the kind of camera that you um, you plan to buy or at least the same make, just, just shoot a few frames with it and see how you feel and just look at how you do set up Things like the aperture, the shutter speed, um, the sensitivity, the kind of things you're more likely to be changing on the camera or maybe setting the mode up. And is that an easy thing to do for you? If, if it's inconvenient or you find you're fiddling in menus or the menus are difficult to get to or they're not particularly intuitive to you, then I would definitely recommend looking at another manufacturer because to me, the best manufacturers are the ones you sit with, you're, you're comfortable with how they work and you just shoot. 
Um, I personally use Canon these days, and I've been using Canon for a long time, since my EOS 3 back in, uh, when I bought that, I think it was 2004. So I've had that for a long time. Prior to that, I was using Minolta cameras, because I, I like those. Uh, but, you know, it's horses for courses. You you might hate those <laughs> that are cameras. You might hate the way Canon work, and the way they set their lane, their uh, menus up, and their the the um the, the way they give you access to the things you're going to be using a lot so do do have a look so that's probably the other strong recommendation i would make to you is um don't just buy something off off um one of these online stores without at least having a look at that style of camera or at least that manufacturer um with a, with a hands on okay so i'm going to stop there but um i don't i hope, hopefully that's useful to you if you're thinking about buying a camera um things change all the time and i thought maybe i would just do a very brief update on the the uh previous um podcast i did on on these cameras although that was much more focused towards wildlife but um yeah we definitely mirrorless is is where everything's heading so um that's definitely something to bear in mind speak to you next time bye for now just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast, Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for all of my podcasts, they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, You'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now. 